Welcome to another episode of the Innovativeness Imperative Podcast, where my guest and I will explore innovativeness, which is the quality that results from the combined enhancement of customer experience and employee experience to consistently generate new ideas, products, and services in a business, and is required in a business because if you're not innovating, you're dying. Excellent. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the uh, Innovativeness Imperative. This is the show where a guest and I will conversate on uh, the nature of innovativeness, which is the quality that is derived from the combined effects of customer experience and uh, employee experience. And if you're not innovating, you're done. So let's get into it. My guest today is um, Jeffrey Edwards. His mission is to help business leaders create thriving organizations that inspire individual and team excellence from the inside out. For more than 25 years, Jeffrey has worked with executives, uh, directors from small to Fortune 500 companies on building resilient and productive teams for long-term growth. And as a speaker, he engages with uh, community groups in discussions on mentorship, personal leadership, and social responsibility. He also volunteers with Junior Achievement, which is an excellent organization, um, as a guest instructor to elementary and middle school students on the economics of staying in school, career planning, and entrepreneurship. Jeffrey is a board certified executive leadership coach. He holds an MBA in management consulting and a master's in education in counseling. Um, Jeffrey is also a certified emotional intelligence practitioner and a design thinking facilitator. He's a member of the Canadian Associate Association of Management Consultants and the International Coaching Federation. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thanks for coming today. Well, thank you, Malcolm. It's great to be here with you today. Awesome, awesome. So I went through your bio and I asked this of every guest on the show. In your words, describe what you do. I feel like I'm going through a job interview here. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know what, what I what do I do? Well, it really I think it really boils down to uh, three things. You know, first is uh, helping leaders in organizations and is getting clear on what it is that they want to get done and getting clear on their mission, getting clear on their vision, and how to implement that. And the second part is to then take, help them mobilize that vision. How do you now take it and put it into, into motion? So putting in what's the, gonna be the, the strategies and the implementation structures that need to be put in place in order to make that vision be real and, and also scalable as well in preparing for long-term growth. Excellent, excellent. So if, I mean, it, in my field, innovativeness, as I said, is that 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 lever um, on customer experience and, and employee experience. But what I guess I didn't mention is that the common point of those levers, or if you think about a seesaw, right, the common fulcrum is the leader, right, or the leadership of an organization. And so what I hear you saying is, you coach those leaders, you coach that fulcrum 
to understand how to move those levers in, in, in innovativeness terms. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I think the, one of the uh, like one of the the challenges, like in any in any organization, and and my experience is comes comes from a different a variety of different sectors. But I spent you know, fifteen years in the IT and high tech uh, sector, so working at that level and seeing being in an industry where you have to be, you know, being last is not an option. You know, yeah. Things are constantly changing. You're constantly having to build the next version of whatever is out there or stay or keep up with your competition. It, it really becomes uh, a, uh, a challenge for any leadership team. How do you keep people focused? How do you stay, uh, how do you stay on top of what's going on and, and what's your ability to react and shift uh, at any given time? to new demands or new or new trends that are coming out there. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's part and part, it's yes, it's it's part of the the knowledge base is, is very important for any leader in terms of expertise and maybe technical expertise. But what I find is and what people share with me over the years is that it's it's knowing, okay, how do I how do I manage that within myself? And then how do I lead others? And how do I get others to get on board and, and shift along the same lines where we where I see we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that's so good because you you mentioned something um in my experience with leaders the best ones are the ones who are self-aware and in trying to lead others they first have to lead themselves. And, and that's, that's actually something I tell my sons all the time, right? Like <laughs> you need to lead yourself first. If you're, right. if you want to be a leader of men or a leader of people, you have to lead yourself first. So it does involve some discipline, but I want to, I want to ask you this, um, another sort of leadership question here. Um, and, and I've, I've seen situations and, and from my research, as I mentioned, you have your customer experience and employee experience. From a leadership perspective, um, have you seen where leaders are looking at these things, these two different disciplines, these two, two different areas distinctively? Um, and the reason why I ask is just, I would say rather recently, um, I've come to discover that they aren't two different extremes, right? They're, they're two different ends of the same sort of continuum. But when I first started getting into this, I, I started, I looked at customer experience as, okay, just the customers and put them in their box and employees as just the employees and put them in their box. But the more and more I, I've gotten into it and really started to understand the impacts on innovativeness, the impacts on the, the business, I'm like, they're not that much different. So, so what have you seen from a leadership's perspective that could either affirm or disaffirm that? Well, I think you're, you're, you're bang on. I think it's when you're, you think of any, any system that, uh, that is created, uh, you have to look at, uh, well, who is part of that system? And in any organization, you, if you're producing it, it's a service or it's a product, you're, there, there is a continuum that you have to keep in mind. And so there's going to be that element of, okay, in the development stage, in the idea stage, who is, who's part of that process? And, and, and I, I, I love part of that idea about you know, getting people clear on what they want to do and, and getting them 
uh, game is to take a step back and see the bigger picture. It's where uh, looking at the design side of things, being a, that design strategist and, and, and getting you to think beyond the, the uh, linear line and looking at a, a fuller picture of, of what is possible. And, and that's where it's your, your, that's where you start to look at opportunities to engage all the people who are going to be impacted by what you're doing. And I think the companies that do it really well, and you look at, they're the ones who, you know, they have the focus groups. They are bringing people in and getting their input into the design and strategy. And you're seeing more and more of that yeah. in, in industry, not only just in IT, but in other industries. Like even the toy industry, for example, where they yeah. have the kids who come in and test toys and give them feedback. You know that that's where that's that's that that the that's where the the people come together. That connection between okay, what are employees doing? And what and what does the customer looking for? And what's that experience? That journey that we want to create that involves everyone arriving at the same point and and having moments of of joy and those moments of uh, moments of truth that are really going mm -hmm. to honor your your brand and also uh, really achieve the experience and, and outcomes that you that you intended to have in the first place. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 that's so good because I, I think of situations where and even in our not so distant past, we had companies that um, and. Uh, I could probably, if I think hard enough, I can probably come up with a couple of companies that still do that. They build things and expect people to come. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now where you listen to your favorite podcast. The Innovativeness Imperative is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Right. As opposed right. to getting the input from customers or, or build employee programs and expect employees to come, which you're talking about. And I think um, has been hyper focused within the last, I don't know, two and a half years with COVID, with the social things going on, just a, just really a focus on inclusivity. Right. Let's get everyone involved. Let's get everyone. And not even more than just inclusivity is making sure that that businesses brands are intentionally including people even if they're not sure they need to be in the room let's just let's just get them in here just to be on the safe side right because i think the our customers are changing right the way they think about things the way their perspectives their points of view is changing our employees their points of view is ch are changing. So as leaders in businesses and organizations, we have to be accountable. And so I just go back to that being self-aware, right? That's so, so very important. Um, I've seen it with innovativeness and I'm sure you've seen it um, in, from your side of the table as well. So tell, tell me this, Jeff, describe, man, there's so many ways I want to go with this, but this, describe to me in your experience, how you, because I, I really like the way that you, you, your, your approach 
what you do. It's getting to the leader to take a step back. How do you get leaders to then come to that realization of their impact on innovation, right? So, so say, for example, you have a leader that eh, may be a little risk adverse by nature. How do you get them to, to move past that and, and see that bigger picture of what innovation means to the company? Yeah, that's a great question, Malcolm. And I think it's, it's, it'd be easy to say, well, it depends. I think there's, <laughs> but overall, I think what it starts with first asking the question, how important is, how important is it for you to be right versus how is it important for you to achieve what you want to get done. And I think that's where that distinction comes into play because if you're going to be innovative, if you're going to, you're going to be that person who's going to challenge, that, you're going to challenge what is out there. You're going to come up with new ideas. So then you have to, you can't, you have to be uh, somewhat open to risk. Mm-hmm. It, otherwise it's going to be the status quo. And, and we've seen industries and we've seen companies just in the last five years that, who who looked at e-commerce, for example, and say we're we're going to stick to our brick and mortar, our brick and mortar model, and people will keep coming because we've been around for so many years, and we don't really need to do that e thing. It's it's you know it's kind of the internet. So it's a fad that's going to eventually die down. Yeah. And how many of those companies today are are no longer around? And and, and we we can you can go through the list and and, and just pick them off one by one. And, and it's having, so it's part of it is getting out of your own way and recognizing, you know what, you don't need to be, in many of these cases, you don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Like innovation comes through the, it comes through ideas. So how many ideas are you engaging in the conversation in order to, to at least develop new ways of doing or new strategies, or new angles that you can explore and test out with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's man, you, you're 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 really singing to me now. The, uh, <laughs> um, the the point of being right over doing the right thing, right? That is a huge. In, in my research, that was one of the big factors for leaders, right? Innovative leaders, right? They let go of the idea of them being right, right? Because as you said they've come, they're at that point in their journey where they're self-aware enough to know that they shouldn't be in, they shouldn't be the smartest person in the room, right? They, they, right. they should not be. <laughs> if they are, they go above and beyond to fix that, to change it and make sure they get the right people in the room. So that's, that's, that's so awesome. Um, and so, so along those same lines with, with trying to convince a leader or um, give them a different point of view, what, what would you say to a leader who may be disconnected from his culture? And, and, I'll, and I'll context this for you. I had a situation where I was engaged by a company, small company. They had probably about uh, 25, I think 25 to 30 people. To small tech. And the, the CEO wanted to just walk around and ask people, you know, give them their feedback on a, on a situation. And he got the sense that they were just giving him 
what he wanted to hear. And I was like, well, have you done anything like this before? So, you know, I just kind of just talked him through it. And he's like, um, no, but why would they do that? And I was like, well, maybe you don't realize that you were doing that or asking them for, for feedback, but how did, you know, how did you respond? And he's like, well, one of the ideas was kind of whack, so I didn't go with it. And I was like, well, that's, that's your answer, right? You, you didn't realize you were doing it. You didn't realize your impact on the culture. And so when you did shoot down the idea, that, that was the indication or you set the precedent for what was going to happen in the future. So when you yeah. come in this more, I guess, structured approach, they're like, mm -mm, I'm not, I can't risk losing my job. I'm not independent, independently wealthy. So <laughs> let me go and, and tell him what he wants to hear. But in your experience, how, how is it, how would you get a leader to then get reconnected with that self-awareness about the culture in their, in their organization? Uh, you know, there, there are so many uh, different uh, paths that that can take Malcolm and, and uh, I think if with every experience there's a new new some new way of being and, and yeah. uh, approach that I've seen uh, even with your own experience what you what you describe I think it's it's that's a pretty common experience too where it's yeah there's a certain risk in bringing up new ideas and mm -hmm. and and who is who's going to be ultimately responsible uh, to uh, for that decision, and so there there's a number of different factors coming to play, right? Like what's you know if what if I make the wrong decision, right? Mm -hmm. What if I and then what's going to happen to my reputation, my security, and uh, the uh, how people view me, how my board may view me. So there's there's some of those ram those those are real factors and and, and they're important and, and to recognize as well. And at the same time, it's also you have it's having the courage to say okay well what if we do take that step forward then what could we gain from this experience what can i learn that maybe i didn't learn and so it's part of it is really taking that self-awareness and go you know what we if we're going to grow then i need to how much am i going to let go of you know eat Ego control, and and also how much, how many people am I bringing to the table, in order to make this inclusive? How many other people maybe I haven't tapped into, or may be valuable resources that can have some input into what is, uh, the what could be a, a new solution or a new way of of going forward. So, so it's being willing to have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I was going to get that. So that sounds like the first step. But I, I, want, I want you to take me deeper into, well, okay, you have the conversation. Are there actionable things that our listeners could take, say, um, with their clients? So mm -hmm. think of it like this. We're, we're all leaders in, in our capacities, right? As small right. business owners mm -hmm. um, who do, you know, B2C or B, B2B. Mm -hmm. What if we have a situation where we're... Um, attempting to bring some innovation to a leader mm -hmm. and they're mm, they're not so receptive right? right and because of their risk adverseness because of some of the mm -hmm. implications that you talked about you know that that um i need to you know have my board talk to, you know talk to my board about it i don't want my board to look at mm -hmm. me you know yeah. how would you what would be the next step you have the conversation 
and they're willing to have the conversation, what would be some other steps that they could take? Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or simply share the show with a friend or colleague that may enjoy this new community or want to learn how to spark their innovativeness. That would help us out too. Now back to the show. You know, the you know, one of the other steps is really to get to know the person and you know, get to know that what's what are those factors that come into play. It, you know, there are many times what what really gets in the way, you know, where we are driven by really two different uh, motivations, right? It's that, uh, you know, that fear and, or avoidance of, of pain, or we're, we are motivated by, by pleasure and what's going to, what's going to actually be a gain for us. So in many, many times it's going to be that, hmm, what are you avoiding here? That's, that's really becoming a, a, a the factor in the decision-making or movement going forward. So it, it's more, it's, it's really taking time. If, as a as consultant, as someone who's looking to, to work with another, with a company, it's building that relationship, really getting to understand what it is, what are their motivations? What are the drivers behind their, their business? What are the drivers behind their career? And, and also get, get them to, to take note of what they are recognizing for themselves. And that's where, you know, there are times where you might, you know, I come in or uh, I know other professionals in my, in my field, although it's like, let's, let's sit down and just do a deep dive. Like how well, now how aware are you of, this, of how you make decisions? Like yeah. you said, sometimes we just simply, we just do things because it's just, it's natural. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a habit, right? Mm-hmm. But we, how often do we actually sit down and say, hmm, I never thought of it this way. Or you heard someone say that. Mm-hmm. And so you just, yeah, you give them a different perspective. And it might be through an assessment and then you get some feedback. It might be through, uh, you know, getting other people to provide feedback, like a 360 or 180 assessment. Mm-hmm. Like there are different ways and, and strategies you can be used, but it really starts with, it starts with really getting, getting knowledge of what you may know and also opening the door to things in the blind spots that they weren't aware of. Yeah. And, yeah. and bringing that to their attention too. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And, and, you know, the, the, there are people out here who have to see the data, right? And so I'm glad you bring up assessments, right? Assessments, um, anything that can really help them visualize some of the things that we're talking about, because we can talk into their blue in the face, but if they're an analytical person or a logical person, they want to see the data. Um, yeah, go ahead. You got something else? Yeah, yeah. I think that's you bring up a really great, uh, great point. It's you know, having worked with a number of in technology, run to a lot of engineers and computer yeah. scientists, right? So, <laughs> so it's uh, I always love it. I always love the comment when we have sit down, and have a discussion. You, I ask a question, and and the response would be, hmm, I, I got I, I need. I need the I need the numbers to, to figure out this equation. They they, they actually speak like that. So yes. you, you know, so you're thinking, is this, am I you know am I saying anything? Yeah, you understand, right? You've heard that, right? <laughs> yes. So so it's like okay, so you like you said, you getting to know the person and the, what appeals to them, 
also helps you to formulate the, your, how you can approach them. For that same person, that analytic person, it's, it's about they need the data. You think of that creative person, that person who is more visual, where it might be, let's, no, let's map this out on a, a flip chart or a whiteboard. And, and you're using different tools where they can actually, they need to see it before they can make a decision. Or it's the person who is, it's more that kinesthetic learner who's like, I need to see things in actions. They need to yeah. see examples. Yeah. Now show me an example of someone doing this. So, yeah. you know, so it's, so it's really uh, honing it in on their, on their, on how they take in information and then tailoring it is also a big factor to yeah. making that engagement stick for long term. Yes. Yeah. And that's the goal, right? The goal is for uh, transformation, long-term change. So yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, you got something? You got something? Yeah, no, well, I was just, I was going to ask you a question. Like sure. what works, what would be work? What would work for you, Malcolm? If I have someone to come into you and say, Hey, Malcolm, I, I got, I got, I want to help you be, you know, the innovation king. So <laughs> yeah, what would be the best way for someone to engage with you? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a great question. And I, you know, I am, I'm a bit of a hybrid, right? I, I'd like to see the analytics. I'd like to see the data, but I'm also, um, I consider myself rather empathetic. And so if, if someone was to try to engage me in a situation, I need to, I need to understand them. And so um, I was, cause this is the question I was gonna ask was, how do you make yourself, um, you know the steps, right? In business, it's all about relationships. How do you cultivate that relationship? We can't even get to the discussion about innovation or leadership or anything if we don't have a relationship, right? And exactly. So, and so for me, I want to see a level of vulnerability from that person. I want to see a level of candor and honesty, right? Like, like as they're, I want, and, and, I want to see their competence. Like I want to see, like I want to be able to say that, yeah, that's a smart guy, right? And just, just like we were saying before, if I'm a leader, the leader of my business and my ecosystem, I don't want to be the smartest person there, right? I, I want to be. <laughs> I want other people to be like, well, Malcolm, that's a good point, but maybe look at it this way. Even if, even if I feel like I'm the smartest person in the room, other people need to give me different perspectives. You know what I mean? Like I need yeah. other perspectives in order to make the best decision because I am, I'm not risk adverse. I, I, I don't mind risk, but I want to make a smart, smart risky decision. You know what I mean? Like if, if there's, yeah. if there's such a thing, right. I want to hedge my bets. Right. And so if, if I'm going to jump out on a limb, it better be behind, like I said, the data, I better have a strong team behind me. And this is the best decision we can make. So that that's, that's kind of how I would approach it. You know, to, to your point, you know, I, I remember being at, uh, at a conference and mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was part of the volunteer staff at the conference. And, and one of the people who was speaking was uh, the CEO of uh, very uh, multinationally founded huge business and it's a you know people would know the name if i if i say it mm -hmm. but it, this is a, a, a this is a a multi-billionaire mm -hmm. staying up in front of a group of people but entrepreneurs people up there and and he's saying you know 
yeah, I've achieved the success. Yeah, I, I you know, I, we've done good things. And I'm still learning. Mm. And, and, and people are going, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he's right. like, no, I'm still learning. And, and what he's, and his work has taken him to a point now where he's devoted his life uh, to mentoring. Mm. And, he, and he said, this is where it, I get to give back. But at the same time, it's also a chance for me to learn from that, the next, that, that generation that I haven't had a chance to work with yet. Mm-hmm. And so he, is, he gets amped up when he gets to meet with young entrepreneurs, emerging entrepreneurs who have these great ideas. And, and in some ways, it's rekindled his own, uh, his own entrepreneurial spirit when he had year, yeah. way back when, where he's, he's curious, okay, how can this work? How can we make these ideas turn into new businesses? Mm-hmm. And, and so... Enjoying what you're hearing? We'd love to hear how the innovativeness imperative is impacting the way you do business. Keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use or respond to on an episode. Also, subscribe where you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now back to the show. And that's, and that for me, that was just such a great mall. I had a chance to talk to him afterwards and say, mm-hmm. like, it's just really refreshing to see someone like you up here sharing and being vulnerable in mm-hmm. front of the people. Well, like, I didn't get to this point in my life by being right all the time. Yeah. I may have made a lot of mistakes along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And I want to help people you know, from my experiences to avoid some of those, those pitfalls to help them get head faster. And that's yeah. when that's what he's dedicated his life to do. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes back to understanding that, yeah, it's, it's okay to be, it's, it's okay to understand that, yes, there's a certain reputation, there's a certain prestige, and, and, there's, and there's also reward by, by being recognized for what you do or, or the position you hold. Mm-hmm. The true success in any organization is going to be the, you know, the, the, the result of a collaboration of many people who would bring you to that point mm-hmm. and you no business in this world no business at all mm-hmm. exists without people they're yeah. either you like you said at the start you either have an employee uh base to it or there's a customer base to it but mm-hmm. either way there's a human factor that has to be considered in the equation Absolutely. if i'm speaking to our engineers here yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and, and so it and to 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 devoid yourself of that of that mindset to say, God, I don't need, I don't need to worry about people. I just want to worry about technology or it's about just getting the, getting the bottom line done. Yeah, it can, but how sustainable is that model and how innovative are you going to be Mm -hmm. long-term? Yeah. Yeah. That that's the key. It's not sustainable. Um, And the way we're going as, as a society, it, I wouldn't even give it sustainable. It just won't last. Like it won't, it won't, it won't last. It will not take you into the next five, seven, five, seven years, right? It, because people are changing daily. We are dynamically changing with everything that's going on. Um, I had a conversation on a, a previous episode um, 
with a consultant and she's a customer experience consultant. And she was like, you know, with the way meta is rolling out, if you don't have a presence there, you will be left behind. And I was like, I think you're right. <laughs> you know, because things that the, the landscape, the business landscape, the ecosystem, the customers, the it's all changing. It's moving so fast. And so um, to, like you said, to have a perspective that doesn't seriously consider the human factor is flawed, is definitely flawed. Um, so that, that brings me up to another question about uh, sort of in the flawed vein. What do you see as some of the challenges um, for leaders going forward in managing business? We kind of talked on it, but I want you to, yeah. I want to give, I want you to give your perspective. Oh man, it's, uh, I think there's, uh, especially in the last couple of years, uh, you know, depending on where, when people listen to this, this episode, mm -hmm. uh, I think people feel like they have more choice. Uh, I think that's, I think if there's anything, uh, a lot of the, the preconceived notions of work and across a number of different industries uh, has has shifted, and I think of I think of my wife for example. She is she works at a university, and she would uh, for years the policy was well you can't work from home you can't work from home you can't work from home, and, and now all of a sudden it's like well the last couple of years man, she's been working from home, and yeah. and and a number of companies have had to you know revisit those policies. It, because you know, the the attitude is like, oh, if you're working from home, then you're really not working, right? And how can you be productive, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the, uh, the if there's any proof that yeah, it's it's possible, yeah, it, it's been kind of blown out of the water. Now there's a lot there's a lot of implications that go with that. It's not a simple no, you know, yes, yes statement. But there's it's that it, having that now people recognize you know, I feel like I can get things done. And I want more flexibility in my life. I, I want more balance in my life. That yeah, I'm not chained to my desk at the office down the road. Uh, I can I can have I want you know can I work there maybe part time and then work from home part time and still achieve the same result. And also I think too it's with you know there are always new players coming into the marketplace, and there's always new innovations as more AI comes into play and, and more technology comes into play that it allows for, for smaller, more nimble companies to be, to be able to deliver and leverage services and resources more effect, just as effectively as some of the larger companies can. And, and so having those, some of those technical tools in, uh, in play also makes it, uh, makes it challenging. For, for organizations, leaders to, okay, how do we, you know, how do we stay, uh, stay ahead of the curve? Mm -hmm. uh, when the, the curve, the, the timeline and the curve just keeps getting shorter and shorter in yeah. terms of the next, the next phase of change. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's really perceptive of you. And, and I really, um, the idea that, or the shift from, the employer sort of having all of the control to that shifting to employees and even some of that control shifting to customers, right? With their, them becoming more savvy, um, the employees almost demanding more of their uh, companies, right? Uh, in terms of social responsibility uh, mm -hmm. and in terms of quality of life. Um, 
I think those are huge hurdles that um, leaders have to have to kind of deal with and and respond to. And the thing about it, um, Jeffrey, if they don't respond correctly, it 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 becomes even more of a challenge. Like we're dealing with right now, we're dealing with this great resignation, right? Mm -hmm. That has shifted. I would wouldn't even say it has changed the way that leaders, um, human resource leaders, the way they recruit, the way they try to retain, um, and the programs that they have available for, for current employees. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. Just, just the dynamics of it is so, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's hard to keep up with a lot of it sometimes. Yeah, and, and, to, and, to, and to that point too, uh, Malcolm, is that you've got, you know, technology can be an equalizer yeah. for a number of companies. Yeah. Where it becomes more of the differentiator is going to be in the talent that you have in your company. Mm -hmm. And retaining that talent or developing that talent is, is in certain industry in particular, uh, is becoming more of a challenge. And because they just don't, A, they don't either have the skill set or B, they just don't have, people have choice and, they, and they're exercising that choice to yeah. move wherever they want and how they want based on some, what you're saying. Like yeah. how, how flexible is, is my company going to be with how I want to work? Is it, yeah. Does it represent my values? Does it represent what is important to me? Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I, if I don't want to, heck. I can, <laughs> I, I am sitting, I am sitting in my chair. I can work in China. I can work in, right. in, in Brazil. I can work yeah. in Australia. Yeah. I don't have to travel anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that, that, that's such a huge point because, you know, and, and maybe you can shed some, some more light on this. Um, the rise of the gig economy, right. Yeah. Where you have um, people who, the model of going to work for an employer every day, regardless of the location you are, but just working, be tied to this, this employer, that's kind of gone to the wind, right? It, they say the gig economy is, rate, is increasing uh, 10 times, I think within the, or 100 times within the past five years, like it's growing. And so could you speak to that from a leadership perspective and, and how you see that playing into the role as well? You're listening to the Innovativeness Imperative Podcast, the show that brings you global conversations with business leaders like you. To spark your innovativeness, inspire you on your entrepreneurial journey, and help sharpen your leadership skills. With your host, Dr. Malcolm Tyson, award-winning business leader, entrepreneur, and innovative culture advocate. Now back to the show. There's a, yeah, the gig economy, that could be a whole other episode. Let's <laughs> yeah. look into that. Right. Uh, I've got some, I got some comments on that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think from an employee perspective, I think you're, it, it really, it speaks to yeah, keeping in mind that, you know, your, your employees have, uh, have options. There are maybe more, there have more options than, than they may have had previously. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that time frame is. You know what, remember when my, when my, my parents were working, 
it's uh, you know you think of the traditional job uh, no occupation where it's like yeah you, you go in you you do your 25 years you get the gold watch and you leave yeah. and uh, and yeah, that 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 went away with the, the dodo bird years ago, you know, decades ago, mm-hmm. and and now people are, I think it's part of it is, hey, there, we can do so many things that uh, just from the uh, the the comforts and convenience of our home that are possible, that why not just do that? And how am I spending my time? Uh, and we're making it more uh, investing in my time that leads me to what I want to achieve in my life. And so I think there's a lot of different factors that come into play is what do, where people, what are their aspirations? So in terms of mm-hmm. lifestyle, in terms of uh, what they want to accomplish, family, you know, community uh, outreach, whatever that may be. And so a gig, a, a gig setup, a gig philosophy in terms of I can, I can kind of get some side hustles going here and there uh, that will help me move my, my vision forward is becomes more of a strategy to help them get there in a shorter period of time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really good. So what do you see as next for, um, in, in a sort of general leadership capacity? Do you see a, a greater response or leaders stepping up or a, a widening of the gap of leaders that aren't good and the leaders that are good with all of these challenges that are going on? I think it becomes more um, more imperative for for any organization to to take a look at how they do things and 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 engaging with their 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 employees with their with their customer base with their any, all the stakeholders. Yeah. I think it's because we all have uh, because we all have access to information and technology. There's no one clear advantage. That, uh, that any company or industry can have these days. So it's the only way you're going to be able to change is first it comes with awareness. And if you and in order to really change, you, first of all, it has to come with your willingness to change. Mm-hmm. So it's it starts with looking at your situation and saying, is this where I want? Is this where I want to be? Is this where I want to see the company and my organization? Uh, and is and are we on that path forward? If not, then what do we need to do and be able to take that next step? Be, be vulnerable, as Brene Brown would say, and speak to. Yet that courageous step is about saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers. And I'm open to people providing some ideas and solutions and bringing, or bringing, I'm open to bringing other people in to help have, have that discussion to come up with some ideas on how we can go forward. Yeah. So do you see a do you see more of a focus on leadership now or it will it remain the same because I mean I think there's sort of a, a focus now but do you see that growing in terms of you know we really need good leaders as let's just say for example in um, in recruiting are you looking for leaders are our businesses now looking more for people with leadership capability or leadership ability? I think the, yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's a whole idea behind leadership. It's mm-hmm. in, in general, I think any organization, uh, there's, there was some research I was reviewing uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was the same that the, the average person in a leadership role, uh, what was it? It was, um, it was research done by, uh, I think it was Gartner uh, uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was saying that 
over 60% of managers and directors in their role never had any training mm. uh, at all on how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. They, they were promoted through performance, through their technical expertise, and, and they reached that point. And so it's just assumed that, okay, when you assume that when they're put in that role, then, well, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Or they're sent to the, that one day training seminar that uh, I used to deliver years ago. And they, and then after that one day, it's okay, you got the training you needed. Now, <laughs> you know, now back to work. Uh, it, it, there really has to be a mindset of, of succession planning, of uh, how you, first of all, you know, succession planning, uh, who's going to replace you in your role down the road? And who are, who are going to be the future leaders that are going to be taking on those tasks and as they come into the organization and, and you identify who those people are. So having a, a clear path in terms of emerging leaders and what, how you prepare them and then people who are ready to take that next move to senior management, what are the, what are the supports, the mentor, mentorship, the coaching? Uh, maybe in addition to training workshops, maybe some job assignments that will help them gain that practical uh, experience that then they can carry forward with a little with confidence as they continue to move forward in the organization. They, yeah. Those are the that's going to be the 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 difference between the companies that really that are innovative because yeah. through those experiences that's where the new ideas come through. That's yeah. where that's where you get the two different perspectives. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're allowed to shine versus trying to follow the path that everyone else followed, mm-hmm. which that's not, which doesn't lead really only leads it to the same results <laughs> right. down right. the road. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those are excellent points. And um, I really appreciate you, you pointing it out, but what about the small business leader, right? What about them? And um you know, they, they have to wear, they're, they're in a pickly situation oh. because they have to wear the technical hat. They have to wear the human resources hat. They have to wear all of these different hats. And there isn't like a, I mean, I guess, the, I guess there are training opportunities, that, but they're not handpicked for you, right? They're not hand, like you are, like you would see in a corporation. So right. speak to me about opportunities to develop as leaders of small businesses. It's in, it's great. It's a great, great question. And a lot, a number of the clients I work with are in that situation. It, it, where it comes down to for, in that's, in that case is, is how much time are you allocating to your own personal development? And, and it, it speaks to the, 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 going back to how much are you working on your business versus working in your business? Because, and it becomes, there comes a point in time where you can only do so much and you can only grow to a certain point. And if you're, and you have the aspirations of being, uh, uh, having a hundred, you know, a multi a six figure, seven figure organization, but you're, but the way you're working, it's still at a five figure level, then there, you're, you're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes it's in the, I like to talk about this upfront with people and it's having that conversation. Say like, where do you it where do you see your this company going, and what is it that you want to accomplish? Like that in itself is, I think for some people, it, it's a it's a first conversation they ever had. It might be because it's 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 so easy now. Like you and I, by the time we we can we can have this this podcast this interview right now, and by the time we get off, 
we can have a domain name, <laughs> a, a landing page set up. <laughs> I can get videos done and within by the end of the day. It, yeah. And we'd be up and running, right? Yeah. yeah. I got e e cart ready to go. <laughs> so it's it, it's it's there's a, there's that convenience of getting things, being able to start something, but it it's how do you maintain it, sustain it, and grow it? That's where it comes into play. So having having a a mentor, getting a it might not be a formal training, but who's your mentor out there? Who's a a coach that you can bring in? Someone who could who's like you think of in sports, someone who sees the blind spots and give you some helps you see those those blind spots and helps to help you correct the, the things that are maybe holding you back or or slowing you down to help give you more speed, more momentum. Uh, also, just how much are you delegating? Working, you know, looking at opportunities to outsource. It, it's yeah, it's your business, and and you want to make it better, but it doesn't everything have to be done by you? Mm-hmm. Chances are, you, you know, you, we only have so much time in the day, and if you're doing everything, that it's going to be pretty hard to achieve your goals. I hope you like what you're hearing so far. The Innovativeness Imperative podcast is made possible by Anchor, which makes it easy for podcasters like me to record, edit, and publish shows in one place. Go to anchor.fm to learn more and set up a free account. Now back to the show. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's excellent, Jeffrey. And it, and, and it just dawned on me that some of the things you mentioned, that, that stats you mentioned from the Gardner research, I, I was just wondering if that same stat wouldn't apply to small business leaders, right? Many of them, as you, as you kind of alluded to, they started their business because of their technical ability. They might have saw a problem, but they had to have some technical ability with it, right? And, and they decided to start their business. So I'm wondering, you know, I was wondering if that stat may also apply to them. And then the other thing I was thinking about um, that you mentioned is while we can get training on, you know, how to budget, how to forecast, how to deal with, you know, the, the things that are traditionally associated with the growth of a business, do we, do we really look for training in managing people, right? Do we do, we, do, we do that? And, and there's, there's stuff out there, but as a small business owner, oh no, I, you know, I'll hire my, I hire an HR person to really manage them. But, and I guess what I want you to, to speak on is the difference between managing and leading people. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I love, I love the distinction. I think it becomes a I, how I respond to that, Malcolm, is it's a difference between uh, going with what is just known and just kind of flying by, you know, going with your gut mm-hmm. and and being and just being reactive versus being intentional, having a clear plan and line of sight to as to how you how you see the relationships unfolding the type of workplace or environment in which that you want to create uh, being very intentional with the type of people you bring into your organization yeah. and whether they're going to be a contractor or a supplier uh, who are the people you associate with and 
do they support your brand or do they, or, or are they someone that you may not want to be associated with your brand because they don't, they don't, they all align with, with what you want to put out there. And, and so you're, you're, you're exactly right. It's, and, and in that research, what it was saying is that there's just that intentionality that just seems to be that's, that's lacking that we just, it just feel that, well, you're in a role. So you know how to, you know how to deal with people. It, you know how to respond. We play, there's more of an emphasis on the technical and the financial than there is on the people relationship side of the of, of everyday transactions. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part, there's a research study done back in early 2000s, uh, 2006, where it was saying that the managers were reporting that they spent 65% of their time on the people relationship issues, only 35% <laughs> of their time on the technical financial, because mm -hmm. you think of your day, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's just how much time are you spending on issues in terms of how people are reacting to what you said, what you wrote, yeah. uh, how you responded, uh, information they didn't receive, how they felt when they may, may have been excluded, mm -hmm. and, and, and so on and so forth, right? And you're having your, an idea, really bringing that together and being clear on what you want to, what you want people to be, what that emotional experience uh, that an emotional culture that you're building that that takes time to, to sit back and reflect because yeah. as a leader, it, it, whether you're a small business or, or fortune 500, you set the tone. So what's the tone that you're setting that is going to impact how other people react and perform? Yeah. That, that's so awesome. That is so awesome, uh, Jeffrey. I, I, you really got me thinking now because, you know, it's true, right? We, we, I was just thinking about my day yesterday. Like I had, it was just so much dealing with people, right? Just so much dealing with people and the um, finances, the marketing, the, the, the systems that I have in place, they kind of take care of themselves. And if there's a problem with them, you can jump right on and fix it. Right. With people, it's not that easy. You want people to be innovative. You want them to be authentic. You want them to be, <clears throat> to bring their whole selves to the, the situation, whether it be, as you said, Fortune 500 or within the small business environment. But and, and I want you to speak on this. I, I'm actually working on a project right now, a Black History Month project. And the more and more I talk to people, the more and more I'm realizing that we all wear masks. We all have masks on. And some people, they take their mask off earlier than others. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the problem is we really shouldn't have on masks, right? We, we sh really shouldn't. We, we should be authentic with ourselves. And so as a leader, how do, we, how do we create that? How do we ensure that the folks, whether you're a small business or a Fortune 500, how do you ensure that people are authentically bringing themselves to the environment? Because again, if they have on a mask, they cannot be innovative. They, they will not. They will give you... They won't give you the discretionary thought or discretionary activity that's needed to produce innovations. They will give you just enough to punch that clock and go home. 
great. Yeah, I love what you're saying here, Malcolm. It really, uh, really speaks to uh, some of the discussions that I've had recently with just with some colleagues of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you're you're right. It, it's it's hard to. It's about being real, right? And we talk about it, uh, but it, it, it's it's harder than we think. Yeah. And there's a sort of there's a, so many factors that come into it. When you talk about the, you know, the uh, the concept of the the imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. That you have there, are, there are cultural elements that kick into it. There are you know, there are social elements that kick into it. You talk about within you know just within the you know, African American community and Black community, where you, you know, to be seen less than, is is something you're we're trying to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. and so it's like you, so there you've got so that's the mask you put on when anytime you're going out in public that you can stand up on your own you're strong you're powerful you you've got solutions and you want to be that that recognized leader in your mm -hmm. space and and we we can be our we can among among communities among professionals we can be our own worst critics to each other instead of supporting each other in that spec we will tear each other down and so we, we, what it ends up doing is that we just end up keeping that mask on longer, or we keep building on that mask, kind of like the paper mache. We just keep <laughs> adding more layers and layers to it. Yeah. I think it, it's, I think it's part of it is, is when you talk about the, the element of, of inclusiveness, mm -hmm. it, it's, it really speaks to, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about psychological safety, but more so, you know, to break that down even further, it's about really how inclusive means empathy. It's it's being if we're going to be real, real means that you you recognize, hey, not every day is going to be a great day, and and that's and that's okay, and for you, you may be having maybe today is not your your greatest day as well. If I know that, and you're okay to share that with me, then and I recognize it in my own life, and you recognize it in your own life, then if we're sitting down going, yeah, Malcolm, man, today's is not my day, and you're willing to. And you're and I feel comfortable enough to share that with you, then I don't have to. That's one less mask I have to wear. Yeah, yeah. That's so Does that good. make sense? Yeah, no. That that's that's really good. And I and I feel like that's a very powerful lesson. If if of all the stuff we talked about today, I think that is a super powerful lesson for any leader. Fortune five hundred, Fortune one thousand, small business, mom and pop shop. It's about empathy. Right, it's about connecting on a level, uh, not just a level of commonality between skin color or industry or between you know technical ability. It's about an emotional connection, right? And um, me letting down my wall to for you to come in, and then you feeling safe enough to come in, so that we can kind of build on top of that. Let's let's take off the mask and start building together. And I think that that's a, I like that, Jeff. That's a new form of innovation. That's a new form of innovation right there. Let's take off the mask and start building together. That's it, that's it. Well, this has been awesome, Jeffrey. I so appreciate you taking the time and sharing your knowledge with me. Oh, Malcolm, it's been uh, it's been awesome on this side as well. Love love what you're doing and love the work that you've this project you've taken on. I'm just really excited for you, and I look forward to seeing all sorts of the innovation <laughs> in flight from you, my brother. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, awesome.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Innovativeness Imperative. We hope that this conversation was helpful and at a minimum gave you a perspective that may be useful in your business. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash Malcolm dash Tyson dash PhD dash I two forward slash message. We're listening and we'll respond to questions during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it in to join in on the innovativeness conversation. You can also subscribe to the show directly on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. I'll leave you with a quote by Steve Jobs. You can't just ask customers what they want and then try to give that to them. By the time you get it built, they'll want something new. Thanks again, and until next time, keep innovating and thriving. So tell tell listeners how they can connect with you. You are the managing director of the MakeWell uh, Group, so MakeWell Performance Group, right? That's right. MakeWell yes, Performance MakeWell Group. Performance Group. So tell tell people how they can get in touch with you. Well, they can go to website. It's uh, the uh, MakeWell uh, MakeWell or you get to you can just check me out on LinkedIn. I'm on there. It's uh, Jeffrey Edwards, and you know, make a connection. Yeah, let's uh, let's chat. Let's uh, see uh, you know how how you're doing, and uh, just you know, have a virtual coffee and get awesome. to know each other. Awesome. That's how we met, right? That's how yeah, we exactly. Met. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So thanks again, Jeffrey. I really appreciate the time. You be blessed and we will definitely be in touch. To you as well, Malcolm. Thanks again. All right, Jeffrey. Have a good one. You too. Have a good one. Yay! Oh, thank you. Wow.